0: everyone. Welcome to Olga Davidson Awakening Podcast. My today's guest is Brian Mark Zimberg. He is an inspirational speaker, author of Stop Smile, Breeze B book, and creator of the revolutionary program Access Points, the modern life meditation plan, teaching people how to get out of their minds and experience the inner peace of meditation available in any moment. In this episode, we talked about the importance of breakdowns in life, the importance of self-care, and also about mind and soul liberation from suffering. Well, I'll stop spoiling right here and welcome Brian Mark Zimberg. Enjoy this episode. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Well, it's so good to see you. Thank you for nice having me. Nice to
0: see in. you. Thank you so much for coming here and being in our space. So excited to interview you today and ask you all of these questions about the awakening. And uh, the awesome. first question is a traditional one. If you ever had the moment of the awakening when your life was separated for before and after?
1: Good question. And first, I want to say that I have a show called Awake Life, right? That we we'll to do another season of. So this is obviously something I speak a lot on, which is why you have me here. Yes. And I, I feel like, first of all, one of, my, one of my roles in this world is to kind of demystify this idea of what awakening is. Because in some ways it can be such a genre of a spiritual click or idea of what that is. And then somebody else would have no clue what that is. But actually, if we pay attention right now, you know, the word woke coming around. It's like, if consciousness is evolving, then awakening is actually for everybody. We all snap out of dreams that we have at night. So it's time for all of us to snap out of it. So yeah, it's what I I would call in my sharing an essential experience first profoundly happened for me in in 1996 years before when i walked over hot coals and i was hospitalized and it was in a hell within a hell i heard that clarity that i'm okay it was kind of like hearing that inner god voice or knowing but that wasn't really awakening that was just the sense of okay that something's got my back and i'm okay Mm -hmm. and i can trust that which is important too of course but in 1996 in joshua tree that moment was when i first recognized that god is not some person or a thing outside not that God is inside or outside but that God oh my goodness it's all (laughs) of it it's all of it it's beyond right And, and of course growing up in Judaism they call that omnipotent omnipresent before during and after is has been and always will be but the context of us grasping that which is ungraspable doesn't happen so you know there's that joke uh God created man in his image and we return the favor Right, So we put the attributes of our humanness upon consciousness. But that essential experience, uh, many of you probably listening to the show have had that, where you're just like, oh, that's reality. It's all perfect, it's already okay. It's already connected. You're like, you're there, but you're not there. And it's all just so clear. So yeah, from that moment, 1996 on, that really never went away. You could say the mushrooms never wore off in a way. <laughs> and it wasn't until actually being invited to direct inquiry after years of seeking and trying to get that feeling back or have more of that feeling or maintain that feeling, meditating three hours a day, reading book after book, workshop, and just seeking more of that enlightenment, where I finally discovered a deeper experience with that, which is really just sitting and not following anything and recognizing that if we don't try to get to it, then there's something way more profound than just really on our, our own being, our own presence. So mm-hmm. that was an awakening to the Tao or this totality. But initially, most people will have that essential experience and then it's awakening. So it's not like it happens one time. That's what, that's what a misnomer in this community a lot is. That, uh, this was my awakening and now it's over. Or I'm awake and then you move on. That's only the mind, ego that would go, okay, uh, this has happened for me and now this is what it means for me later. But actually awakening is fresh and right now. ability for us to shift free from the paradigm of mind or survival or separation paradigm and actually be in reality so when we recognize that that reality the question is like how do we actually live that reality you know so yes i've had that and that was a life-changing moment if you haven't had that in the audience you're listening i have people inquire into two things one have you ever had a moment in nature where you're just breath inspiring awe inspiring your breath was taken away and you're just like you're in awe. Mm-hmm. You look at a big canyon or some beautiful sunset or something. Just in that moment, you're experiencing that same thing. You may not connotate it or, or saw it for what it was, but it's there and it's also made an orgasm for everybody too. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's amazing. And that
1: moment of orgasm, right? It's not what our mind says before, or after our performance or what we did. It's the actual moment. That moment, there's just ah, right. Everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Right there. <laughs> so, um, if that's here, it should be accessible all the time. And that's really what access points technology is about. It's that we can actually train our mind and really access that all
0: the time mm. i resonate with that a lot because uh, i think the first time i've ever had this experience was after ayahuasca ceremony and it was just like understanding of this oneness and uh, later i got certification in yoga and i studied a little bit of hindu religion and uh, they talk about this brahman god which is everything and they have different types of gods they have individual god which is atman which is consciousness within you and they have Brahman, which is everything, which is beyond the universe and which is so big that it can't even fit within our minds because it's just, yes. it's bigger than our tiny mind. So yeah, this is really inspiring. And uh, you're right. Like the most important thing is to integrate that and to be able to get into that state on a daily basis through whatever works for you, meditation or just going to nature. And uh, this is really powerful to have access for that.
1: Yeah. To me, it's, that's all true, but it's more than a state, right? Like states come and go, we can level up into different states and there's states and there's lines of development, like Ken Wilber talks about, but the the directness of consciousness, which is really your conscious right now. So it's, we don't have to look far for that. It's just Mm -hmm. being able to unfledged by the mind's, Labeling, dissecting, problem, solution, the idea of this me story that's constantly going on, free from that and free from the battle with our emotions. It's not that it's being out of body. Those can be experienced people have, but there's beyond a state. There's a directness of consciousness and consciousness is expansive already. It's already limitless. If we, just, if we really explore, we'll discover it's already right here, already connected to us, already at peace and already limitless. So everything we're seeking for that we really would want in life Is actually already here right so that's so it's it seems like a state and there is a frequency and there's a raising of that state becoming more and more permanent or as you kind of deepen in awakening but people have tons of awakening experiences like for ayahuasca you know i've had 15 journeys on ayahuasca and they've all been very profound and non-ordinary reality and a mystical way of life which i don't talk often about because people get stuck on seeking that like seeking Mm -hmm. the car or seeking success or seeking the relationship but all of it's to still try to fill this void or something's off and something's not okay about me. So this idea of moving towards better is already saying at the ground, something's wrong with me. So yes, whatever is needed. Of course, nature supports us meditation, all these things. And if we tell the truth, people have been meditating for hundreds and hundreds of years and how many people have actually in their daily life can just live from that space.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what I'm
1: interested in is not just people awakening, but actually living an awake life and recognizing, actually, there's nothing you have to do to live that actually, that there's a shift that you can become aware of. And as you, that shift is so slight, it's not even the word shift, the, shift, the word shift is too big, <laughs> but a direct noticing of my attention stuck in my thoughts and my attention can be with awareness itself, that itself and what we share in access points is freedom, is meditation, is awakening, is life, that is the only true reality and is our source. And if we come from this, I am that I am, then we can naturally flow into what it is to be human, not based on the survival paradigm or the limitations of, you know, the battle anymore. So, so meditation may work for you. Meditation may not be for you,
0: right? Mm -hmm.
1: Because you're a unique individual, your unique DNA is you, but also the seeking to think that X, Y, you know, and Z are going to be the things that get me more there. Or allow me to get in touch with that? Yeah, they get in touch with that. But then all of a sudden you get smacked by the mind and it's gone again. So then we have to jump on the wheel and seek it again. So it's actually in this idea that anything or condition is needed for freedom, where that paradigm of seeking and avoiding continues to maintain us really in a loop of in a loop of some sort. Any kind of ceiling, when I'm working with the high-level executives and entrepreneurs, I'm working with spiritual seekers or people who are really with some mental illness going on, it's some dynamic of seeking and avoiding, which is the flip side of the same coin mm-hmm. where suffering really is rooted. This is the root of suffering. The root of suffering yeah. is that that when my tensions with my mind, I'm in this do have be paradigm. So I have to do something to have something to be something, right? So do the right thing, get the, have love from your your parents, be happy. Do the right thing, have the right relationship, be loved, do the right thing, have the right job, be successful. But being is actually first so this isn't really what i'm saying it's not really a state or a thing we can get to is because it literally is already what's happening everything that i'm saying you who are listening your synopsis is firing your cells communicating right now is all coming from the unknown from being first so it's just snapping to reality the alignment is actually just coming to the way it's really happening which is being and then into doing so it's releasing and unlearning we had to be conditioned we had to believe ourselves separate But the next evolution of being a human being is actually to let the mind finally be seen for what it is, an operating system, an organ, a powerful Mm -hmm. one, but pales in comparison to the infinite intelligence of life, which we are directly sprouted from and connected to and and created by and loved by and given by. And there's no other you and your unique DNA. So once we stop having to survive, we had to do that, right? Uh, Do you have children?
0: Not yet. (laughs)
1: Okay, so like, like my, my children, right? If you have children, everyone, then you know, like you, you, your parents get excited when you know your name, right? My son knew his name. Yeah, you know your name, right? You're Noah. So it's not like believing our thoughts and, and buying into the story of my mind's telling me in this narration, like I'm the lead in my movie and that's always going on and my tension's always there. And therefore, as science says, 90% of our thoughts are regurgitated. All from the past, 70% are negative. So where's Mm -hmm. that ceiling? Where's that same seeking, avoiding going on is some limitation based on a fear of that void. Mm -hmm. And as long as we keep running from that, we'll keep just being identified as the survival animal. But we had to identify first to believe ourselves, to be human, to develop our personalities, to be here in the world and see each other. or We couldn't be existing in separation. We would just be like like a baby, like a marshmallow, like floating around all the time. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Now it's time to evolve. So what I mean by demystifying the idea of awakening is a lot of people have myths and ideas of what they think that looks like. It's going to be, I'm going to become a light body. I'm going to go to 5D. And then I have students coming in saying I was in a quantum course and getting to 5D, but then my mind's like, I, I got more neurosis because I'm like, maybe I'm not going to make it to 5D. My kids might get lost, stay behind in 3D, which is the whole point is that reality already loves you and everything is actually truly okay.
0: Mm -hmm. So when the ground of
1: safety and okayness is served, then we stop operating in survival. We just don't know Mm -hmm. what that looks like. Most human beings don't know what that looks like. Some people have tasted it, right? We've had moments of this recognition, but to actually finally stabilize in that, that's me almost like the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. The awakening is the beginning. And then since it's this ing, there's no end to this falling into ourselves, self-discovery, releasing, shedding layers of lies and paradigms in the past, not fighting against it, but finally just like taking stuff off and being like, yes, yes, yes to you and to life.
0: That's right, yeah. We spend so much time living in future or in the past, but we forget about present and about where we are and about being grateful for being where we are.
1: Yes, for sure. And if we have to remind ourselves to be grateful, then it's still about the mind. So if Mm -hmm. you get what I'm pointing to is that that's true, but if we're trying to be present, We're having to practice being grateful all the time. And if it doesn't work and it works sometimes, then we're still in that same loop. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to actually start to receive our breath, to notice that inhale keeps returning. just notice right now, if everyone just pauses for a moment, just notice. You have to close your eyes if you're driving, whatever you're doing. Does the inhale keep returning? Now, the mind will just say, yeah, who cares? Blow it off. You can actually just let your attention just notice the receiving of your breath. And if you really just drop into that and can tune in, and I ask you, does the body already have gratitude for receiving breath? And the mind could say yes or no, but forget what the mind says about it. Mm-hmm. Let that just be waves on top. And just notice your direct experience of this receiving, like life being given to you. Do you have to do anything to breathe? That it just keeps happening, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So in that, can you notice like in your chest, there, like a gratitude already for the body mm-hmm. of receiving? Yeah. And to me, that's, that's, that's this frequency of gratitude that we don't need to turn to mind. Mindfulness, too. Mindfulness is great, but it's still about the mind. So, you know, it, it's hard to talk about beyond the mind using words. As Lao says in the Tao Te Ching, I'm going to use words to describe the reality of nature. But since words are actually part of it, I can't use words to describe Like it's A finite can't explain the infinite. But yet our direct experience can experience the infinite. So we can all know without a doubt, not just that it's an idea that we're all one or I need to f- do this to meditate and feel gratitude. No, you, it's a direct, true nature of yourself. And when you recognize that, then you really get to discover the gift that you get to be you. So uh, you'll, you'll hear me go to that because it's true, but I just want like to see, especially in this culture, because you know your, your audience is obviously into this, has been experiencing this. So if we think awakening looks a certain way, then we're going to follow that myth. And mm-hmm. we're going to seek that, right? If we still think it has to be based on if you get, you know, stack your green drink and your mantra and your meditation, and like, you got to just get it all perfect and right. Mm-hmm. And if you think that's going to get you there, that's still a myth too. It's a much more of a surrender. And then a lot of you already know that. But then if you recognize, how do I surrender at this point? Like I've done so many surrenderings. <laughs> I've met, I've, you know, that's how it was for me. I met fear so many times. I surrendered so many times but I knew I had to let go more. And that was the discovery of self-inquiry to turn attention to I am to your direct experience To start turning to your direct experience, not your mind for what you are, what is next. And you start to notice how you turn to your mind for who am I, what I should do, what I should not do, that I do good. Did I do bad? Should I do this? Should I not do that? We turn to our mind for the answer. So the mind will always know and fill the unknown. And that's what life really is, is the unknown. And from the unknown comes art, comes creation, comes all invention. So it's scary for the human just to stay at the edge of the unknown, that cliff, because the mind body, as much as it wants to protect its physical self, it's constantly protecting this is who you are. You are the story. Believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. Right? It wants me to see that that's what it's doing in the 90% regurgitated. It's really got nothing to do with us. It's just a thought stream then we can know our own sovereign conscious self, like the idea it's between you and God. And you start to really have boundaries. Like if you're an empath or you're a person who over-serves others and sacrifices yourself, you stop doing that when you come to your own true true core, the center of the storm. And you stop bleeding out onto others because you recognize your value, what you're here for, and that Mm -hmm. life is giving you life right now. So you're being created now. So then you recognize, oh, just being you is actually it. That's a good idea. But once you can really like breathe that, right? You can know a rose smells delicious and want to smell it and get the aroma for a moment, but you're busy, da da da. Or you can like just fall into the smell and it becomes just like one taste, doesn't it? One Mm -hmm. smell, right? Or you're eating like uh, something good, like a nice big piece of sushi or something, right? Or a chocolate, right? You could just melt into that for a moment. It's just like kind of like one taste. It seems fleeting but actually the shift is that that's reality. So that's why I want to demystify the idea because it's much simpler than a mind would ever make it. And it's not stacked with all the things that we think are spiritual necessarily because it's all spiritual. It's all creation, right? And people have people have all different walks of religions going through access points process. That's why it's like a technology because all of us have the right to come to ourselves, to come out of our, snap out of it, right? To come to our senses. And mm-hmm. as we do that, then the war out there will come to its senses too. Like the only way my kids are going to live in a world that's going to be functional is to recognize it's not going to happen in the us and them division paradigm, separation paradigm. That's where the narcissism is the number one religion. Everyone's me, 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 me. Even the, the me, me that wants to help the world still can't help but being self-centered on me until they recognize what it really is to be cosmic centric or world centric at the very least.
0: This is so liberating. I love this idea. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I would love to hear your story. How did you become a a teacher, a coach? And uh, I know that you were very successful as an actor in Hollywood. And then one day you just decided to leave everything and completely change your path. Yeah. How did it happen?
1: So I won't go into my long story. You guys can read my book a little bit and we can do another thing on that. But, you know, I was raised around self-help books everywhere. My parents were like self-help and diet junkies, right? Always going up and down in weight and also how to grow. So Wayne Dyer books and neuro-linguistic programming. They were some of the first people to talk about Anthony Robbins. Well, yeah. Well, back then we called him Anthony Robbins, but yes, Tony Robbins.
0: Mm-hmm. Back in
1: the day, it was Anthony Robbins, I think, in his early mm-hmm. books. So yes, Tony Robbins. And... Yeah. So I had this belief system that I could do anything and I was, that was the lifestyle already. Right. So that was my conditioning. Of course, in that was the needing to prove myself and feel like I'm okay. And the awkwardness, if you look back, all that occurring, but this this overall mindset, right. People think mindset is important and it's hugely important, but before mindset, even more important is actually your own freedom. Right. So walked over hot coals at 18 years old, Anthony Robbins, and just kind of lost it but I didn't lose it. I dropped everything. And I recognized if I look back, what happened to me then, which is really important right now. Okay. Cause what's going on in the world. Um, I'll come back to the story, but it's just an important thing to see is that what's going on in the world with COVID Me Too movement, right? I do not want to call it black lives matter. Cause I think that organization was ridiculous, but this, but the recognition of, of how horrible we've been to one colored skin, a race of people and so on and so forth. And, what goes on in this division and this whole thing that's happening is really the shadow coming up in our faces and the Kabbalah sages say where the greatest shadow rises. So does the greatest light. So if you're aware of any of this, then you're kind of that light, like you're responsible, like you're tagged. Right? So, so with mental illness and the reason so much anxiety and suicides up 200%, all this going on is because we learn our entire life to like push this void down, right? That Mm -hmm. something's off. Like if you all look back, when you're younger, there's moments where you felt like something is not right. Something's off about me or the world or my family. And that, no one tells us to explore that. That's just pushed under the rug,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: void. And we're told these are the bad emotions. It's all just pushed away. So the, the more we resist that and push this away, we pushed away to run to the good, you could say, and to propel into separation. But at some point, you know, that dam's going to break. And so that dam mm-hmm. is finally breaking now. And until we can actually embrace the yin, the yang of ourselves, the dark mm-hmm. and the light of ourselves, we won't know wholeness because wholeness is not an imbalance or something you get to. You're already whole. Life is already whole. The delusion yeah. is that it's not. The delusion is that there's someplace you need to get, do, or be different than where you are being and doing now. And, and it's not. So looking back on this, this was a spiritual awakening, actually, that happened to me then. Mm-hmm. It's just there was nobody around. His team, my parents, or the way it was handled to let me see that I mean I, I went over hot coals and it blew my mind like it's supposed to. So I was like, oh, it's all there, it's all connected. It was like, oh my god, I have rapport with everybody, but still like in the scope of the thoughts, right, going faster and faster. They called it a one-time break with reality. <laughs> Pretty funny, right? <laughs> a, break, <laughs> a one-time break with reality, but actually that was the first break with reality, right? But I didn't know that then, right? It wasn't like I said I came after. I won't go through the whole hospital thing. We'll tell another time, but. I got doped up and drugged up and put into a psych ward and it was like a hell within a hell. And I'm sure every single one of you have had your hell already. And that's the whole point. Like enough is enough. When you start to see enough is enough. Then you start to see that this next evolution isn't just about your spiritual practice, right? Just like taking care of your body or eating or your job or your work, your relationship has its practices and habits and growths to it. But to finally snap into reality is to recognize, so at the edge of this, so why is it anxiety and stuff up? Well, if you look at there for me, I walked over those hot coals and I, and the idea of the identity of who I am got got disturbed, got messed with. And mm-hmm. 11 years later, I did a forum, so I, I didn't have another up thing like that. They called it an episode for 11 years later. 11 years later, they're like that doesn't make sense if you're bipolar, but you're not bipolar, you only go up because my Dom was happy still, you don't go down but it happened again. Why? Lambert forum made me question my identity, but nothing was there to help stabilize this releasing of that actually. So in other words, what everyone's doing even now is you scramble to try to maintain your freedom, your happiness, your joy, your success. And with the mind trying to do it, you can never really maintain that. So it becomes like a scatter, Mm -hmm. right? It becomes the storm, the chaos, the outside of the storm. But What's really going on at the edge of this unknown, that's where mental illness is. Mental illness in the shadow, even though it might feel like it's horrible, but it's actually for you, not against you. It means you're so close to the edge of the unknown that you're almost ready for another way. Wow. And of course, that's where people want to die and escape and run, but there really is no escape. So the ability to finally be with yourself and face that edge is Mm -hmm. to face the the fear of fear, fear of anger, fear of unworthiness that the ego's running from, which is like a dynamic. It had to run. It had to run from that to keep creating separation, but we don't need to keep running with the operating system the animal anymore. We can stay in the fire. And once we have the ability to just stay at that edge, then there's this trauma and drama that wants to release. So, So those moments for me were actually spiritual awakenings, right? But I didn't know them as that, and I didn't live from that until the Joshua Tree moment, right? So it's so very, so very important. So like I had these break, breakthroughs and okay, I'm okay in, in the depths of that hell within the hell. I heard God say, you're okay. You're going to get out of this, Brian. You're fine. I was rolling back and forth, like in a fetal position, just saying, I'm going to be okay. My dad came and got me out. And again, I went to college. Everything's fine. 11 years later, that, that happens again. But this time I go into UCLA hospital and it was like camp. I got to play basketball and smoke cigarettes and do art. And I'm having this inner clarity that's going on that later on I'm balanced by all means and other people are having mystical experiences around me also. So then it shows itself to be non-ordinary reality because I can't be crazy when 10 other people are involved here, you know, Mm -hmm. and doctors have me on meds balanced. So we start to see that life really isn't what we think it is. But the point is, if someone had the ability to support me then, then I would have let go of the mind. And that's where we are now. So that's obviously, if you're any kind of suffering, you know, recircling and cycling into sadness, or cycles into the negative thoughts, cycles into the loop of downward spiral, into the depression, into, I want to get out of here. It's because you're at this edge. And like, it's so scary to the body mind. It thinks it's going to die. Just as much as like if someone had a gun on you. But to the ego body mind at its root, it's as if people are standing all around you, like a Quentin Tarantino movie, and everyone's got guns on you and they're about to fire. So we would be in high alert fear. That would be a normal response for the body to protect the body. That is really the root of where the ego body mind is always at. So it's mm-hmm. gotta constantly tell you you're okay, perpetuate it, figure it out and go. Once we can let go of that, then we can just take the, we can take the bullets and recognize <laughs> that we're okay still. Or we can fall over the edge and then we recognize, oh, it's easier to fall than to try to hold on. Oh, and actually I'm falling and I'm supported. I got wind under my wings, I'm, I'm actually flying. So that's what's really going on right now with mental illness. So even though it might seem dark and hard and like there's no way out and it's habitual and there's no end to it. And it, I'm telling you right now, you can quantum leap out of that. We do in eight weeks. You can quantum leap out of it with access points. We've ended OCD, PTSD, severe depression, panic attacks, social anxiety on and on. And that's, and that's just for people that are, that had that going on just everyday stress, anxiety, overwhelm, the secret of 30 years, finally recognizing, oh, it's, I can, I can really, this is for real. I don't have to get into it more and make more of it. And entrepreneurs is busting through ceilings. But at the end of it, if you really get to be yourself then you really get to create, and that's, that's the joy of life is this movement into giving life and giving good and giving creation, right? When it's not, mm-hmm. we can still have had the past experience of bad, but we don't not constantly have to be reminded of the suffering in order to have the joy. We can feel the challenge. We can feel the strain We can have resilience, but not have to suffer. So suffering can end like that. A hundred percent, you know, right. Like they'll say, money back guarantee, you know, like there's no question. Like that's, what's up for us. You know, that's, what's up for us is like for us to really transcend the mind and the me finally put in its place. And then we can really start to play ball. Okay. AIDS. Okay. Cancer. Okay. This, whatever's needed together. If we all had that mindset, we would take care of everything. Wouldn't we?
0: Absolutely. Right, we would take care of
1: it all. So what happened to me in Hollywood, I, in, in Hollywood, I went, uh, made a film, raised the money, wrote a script, uh, had a second script, Leonardo DiCaprio's management company, people signing me. We, we were talk a talk of town for a little bit. Then we win top 10 Toronto film festival. But in between that, I took the mushrooms. Okay. So I had that experience. And then I'm in the high of it and I'm going to parties and people are screening our film and stuff. Didn't get bought yet. So everyone kind of went away. But then Toronto were top 10 in the film festival and everyone came back. So you start to see this facade kind of thing of like everyone wanted to be our friend. If I was about to sign a picture deal with Miramax Mm -hmm. and have two pictures because then yeah, they didn't do anything. Right. Let me grab the hot, the hot new item before someone else does kind of thing. And then maybe it's not happening then back. So that contrasts to like, oh my God, everything's okay. It's all connected. I want to know about that. That was where it got to the point where I couldn't keep promoting me at that point. That's just where I was in my journey, you know? I mean, literally as an actor, you have a headshot. Nothing wrong with being an actor, guys. I love that. I'll I'll do it again one day. I love acting and I love uh, the arts and I love all that. But at that point for me, it was like, I'm literally promoting a headshot of Brian. It's All about me, right? And that me was at that point kind of nauseating. (laughs) so I wanted to really discover what was free of that me and that the joy of it is that you get to be you, that that's the weirdness of it is instead of me, instead of like, imagine you're just the narrator. Imagine they're like take away the rest of the movie and there's just narration. I could be like a good audiobook for a little while. It's not the same as a full movie. <laughs> well, I'm living the full movie. Right. So, so that shift was like, you know, I just can't keep promoting me and I have to know what this really is. I want to know if this real or not real. Is it some bullshit or not? Is it just some uh, trick of my mind or not? Right. All of it. I had to really see how, what is the mind? How does it keep my attention stuck in it? How does it work? How does it operate? And in 2002 I met a, a Gangaji and she introduced me to Ramana Maharshi's self inquiry. And so after all the seeking and letting go it was finally letting attention shift to being, being with the weakness, being with your emotions, mm-hmm. being with that fire, And then this cord or this focal point that me is this, my body, me is this idea of myself. If we really investigate that I, you can't really touch that I. You can't really find the I. The I is always coupled with, I am man. I am a woman. I am Brian. I am right. So before that is freedom. And. Basically, it takes us finally willing to embrace ourselves and really choose to love ourselves. And Mm -hmm. many of you may think you know what loving yourself is at this point. But if you take a look, you're doing some technique or way or conversation with yourself to love yourself. And that's still more of the battle. Get rid of the negative thoughts, the positive, feel on love, tell yourself you are loved. Maybe that works for a little while. Self-care is important. Again, these are all stepping stones. I'm not against these things, everything its right time and place. But if we're hooked on one thing being the thing or if it's outer or thought that has to produce freedom, it's not real freedom. Right? So we're, we're ready for that flip. So for me, leaving Hollywood was really saying, you know, I took every workshop possible everything, everything I could to discover. I went into this two year mystical journey and then after two years, I had this conversation in my head, you know, we was a conversation with God, conversation with the uh, inner quiet voice, as people like to say in these circles. And there was this line that came out that my dad was like, okay, he's into Osho and Zen. I uh, got to get him to his rabbi. He needs to be more Jewish. Uh. And I'm like, okay, I'll go talk to the rabbi dad, but I'm not needing to be anything other than I am right now. And I tell the rabbi this line which we won't go into now. This, this would be like classes and classes on this line. It took me two years to understand this line, see it, but that there's a divine randomness, right? Just simply stated that, that like things are randomly, seemingly random, but it's divinely random.
0: Synchronicity?
1: Yeah, synchronicities, um, the, the randomness that we think sometimes are synchronicities or against us or for us are actually happening perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's a divine randomness to novelty. Novelty is always like the, what's fresh, like the fad, the going fad or what's new. The word novel, which Terrence McKenna mm-hmm showed on his chart that every time there was a novel event, he, he mapped out novelty. And every time the Roman Empire, JFK, something that affected the collective on a larger worldwide way, like Corona is, is right now, right? Then we went closer down to the zero point of this novel, like some of the most novel events, right? So if that novelty, what's new is like another explosion, another big bang in creation, divinely random, And all that is holding the pieces of the bridge together. The pieces of the bridge together are all physical matter, our bodies, us. That glue is expanding. It holds the pieces of the bridge together. The glue that expands, it holds the pieces of the bridge together. That glue is consciousness. That glue is God. That glue is already heaven. It's coming into heaven on earth in a way in time, but it's really beyond time. So it's already with us. Mm -hmm. It's already here. It's already as above, so below. And as we realize that there's, Divine randomness to novelty that expands the glue that holds the pieces of the bridge together. Your life is already held together that allows the bliss to grow. In other words, God is expanding. Infinity is dimensionalizing. That makes no sense to the mind because it says infinity is already endless. What do you mean? But God itself is expanding and its movement is towards goodness. It's also the creator of dark and light. So nothing bad is happening that's not part of consciousness. It's not allowed to happen. It didn't need to even happen to come to the next evolution of ourselves. If you didn't go through your down and your breakdowns, you wouldn't have your breakthroughs. Some of your richest experiences, if you really investigate and look in life are the ones where you're down on yourself, but you hit rock bottom. What what would that be for you? Where would be a rock bottom that you hit in your life that had you recognize a greater richness and depth of yourself in life. And maybe it didn't happen right away when you're down, but later on, it became that.
0: Yeah, so the worst moment was when I just immigrated to United States by myself. I moved to New York with $200 in my pocket. I literally spoke any English. I didn't have papers. And uh, I just had one friend, very loyal friend. And she had another $300. And uh, she said, Oh, great. Together we have $500. So let's go to New York. We're rich. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And it was really, really hard. The first three years was the darkest period of my life. And it was a lot of people who were trying to take advantage of us because we didn't know anything about law, about any rules in this country, and uh, that was really, really hard. But it's something which made me face reality. It, I kind of removed my pink glasses. That's what we say in Russian language. So oh, they okay. broke. The
1: ro- rose-colored glasses, we say. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the so rose-colored I,
1: glasses broke, right? Yeah. Okay, great. So yeah. I
0: faced reality, and I just became more wise, more tough, and. Uh, Apparently, I helped all my family to move to United States. I immigrated them all, and now they happily live in the United States, and it's much better than Transnistria, the country where I am from, the country which one doesn't even exist on the map. But it's something which uh, completely made my life shift, and it's just it's separated for before and after for sure. So now I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful for this experience. It's the best thing ever happened to me. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And 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 some people may not identify that, but we all get down on our knees at some point. We have our down, and it's. But if we take a look, what if these were all like seeds dropped, right? Seeds dropped to flower into the wisdom, to the life stream, to the nourishment, to the nutrients of really your self-expression, of you showing up in your. Life from your own DNA, from your own flow, from your own being, no longer having to run to survival. So if all that was seeds planted to really evolve to this next level of being a human being, to fully be in reality, which is now,
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true. I once did uh, exercise when you're supposed to write down five most significant events in your life, good good events which made you to thrive, and five worst events, and to evaluate each of them from zero till ten. And then we had to do a timeline and uh, I realized that every time I would go down, there would be a way up and more I would go down, the higher I would go. The next event would be more transformative, which was amazing. I did this exercise in my early twenties and I I still remember that. And it's something what I always refer to. Mm -hmm.
1: That's perfect. Exactly. You know, um, what well, you can start to see in it when you when you become more aware more conscious you already kind of know your ebbs and flows right you've lived through life and you know your downs and your ups but if you're still battling the down like that this feeling shouldn't be here get away kicking it away fighting it trying to fix it then there's no room for the ebb that moves into the flow right and like you just yeah. said the more down the more up right the more the tree's roots go into the soil, the more we can reach upward, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the immaturity that we have with all the emotions that we think are the bad ones, okay? Now, listen, there is trauma attached to that, trauma and drama from our past that the body literally doesn't want to experience those emotions too. So it is a physical thing also, but the mind has a meaning to all those emotions. So finally, welcoming those emotions allows us to go in, God forbid, in the spiritual circles, but have a lower frequency, it, you know, if we're trying to only maintain upper frequency and there's no room for this other frequency, like, why does that frequency exist? It'd be like, tell that part of the orchestra to shut up over there, please. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not needed. It's so quiet in the background. No one really cares about it. As opposed to, no, that integral to the entire experience, right? So that's, that's beautiful how you said it, right? So, so after a while, we become aware of our ebbs and flows. Now we can like have room for them. Now we can like be with it in a new way. We start to discover emotional intelligence. Really, we start to get to have a guidance system. To be human is to experience all of our emotions. Mm-hmm. And as we start to welcome them all and not have to run, freedom is not running from an emotion or being run by it. So if we're still running from that void, running from emotion, that's why these enlightened teachers sleep with their students and do messed up things because they're not meeting their void. They're not telling the truth of that unknown edge, right? Mm -hmm. They're just often, ah, (laughs) right? So we can make, the mind will always loop back and make it into something to separate it and divide it, right? But if we're true, if we stay true to being, the sense that you are, it sounds so simple because it's only difficult to the mind, but it literally is the simple sense that you are. Not that Mm -hmm. idea, but the direct attention noticing of the sense that you are like right now you can take a look. You don't need to do anything to be in this moment A person's mind would say, well, yeah, I have to eat. And I have to okay, but just to do exist in this moment, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You have to keep telling the heart beat. Hey, heart, keep beating. Hey, heart, keep imagine if we had to monitor the heart beating all the time. And that's yeah. the same kind of fear that we're monitoring our lives with. And it's all mental. So to to be emancipated from mental slavery, as Bob Marley said, or as this great sage, Raman Maharshi said, the only thing that stands between you and enlightenment is the idea that you're not enlightened. So he isn't just talking about the idea of enlightenment. He's talking about this whole perceptual field, thought field, concept, paradigm field of reality. That's the only thing that seems to stand between you and this freedom. But when you recognize that that is just really what it is, thoughts are just thoughts. They come and they go. It's just a radio playing and it's based on the condition of the past. Emotions are actually just emotions and they come and they go too. Mm-hmm. So then we can start to kind of whittle down and get to like, what is truly real for sure. What never changes. We can start to recognize that everything else comes and goes, but there's something of you that is always here. Now that is trustworthy. You can bank on that. There's no fear to have in that because you know, you're good. And that's that same goodness of God and life that is giving. So when we start to flow in the real movement of creation, then, so that to me, awakening is the beginning. And then it's about how do we move into this living, this awakening, right? How do we actually flow into from being into doing this force of becoming this big bang, this aliveness, right? And I think you, that was, I'll, I'll hit on it since like, what was the question you, were, you, you had shared with me? Um, what inspires you know most about my work yeah well, a is that over and over again we get results for people right over and over and over again like people are waking up like boom mm. and that was happening in 2002 a year after meeting gangaji and i had that realization of that me i couldn't find it and i met the weakness and there was no more surrender and it was just like oh okay i'm here it's like oh my god it's true it's real and it doesn't go away all right now now what <laughs> now what's life about Well, having kids coming down to earth working a job people are like wait you're that teacher guy uh hold on a minute. Uh, can you show me why you're living like that in life? And mm. so then I knew I'd come back to sharing this. And I had to, so about five years ago, my book came out, um, was a bestseller on Amazon's Changed people's lives Simply just doing one access point, stop, smile, breathe B, which is literally stopping, pausing, putting your attention to your smile, to your inhale, to your exhale, but it explains it even better in the book. Just doing that six to 10 times a day will transform your life because finally you're starting to have space between you mind and conditioning But the real key was really discovering the operating system in the mind, Mm
0: -hmm. discovering
1: these five main patterns in the mind. So I'm turned on by the last two and a half years specifically before Corona in this digital way, sharing access points and then watching person after person go through it and have quantum breakthroughs and leaps It's just like, when I was uh, working in the hospitality, or restaurant said, I was going to sell you this great stone claw for a lot of money. It was like, I believed in the product because it might've been expensive, but it was huge. The biggest ones and delicious. Right? So of course, awakening and people coming to reality, where the idea of peace for yourself and peace on earth will come from for my children, for your children, for the world, for us to really go to an age of abundance is that. So I'm all in on that. Sounds like you are probably most of you listening are but it's time for your suffering to end. It's time to take the lid off and really know what you, know yourself in a whole next way. So what I'm most excited about is really the force of becoming then. What I mean by that is that once we discover home, we discover the absolute, we discover I am, we discover our core is always still. But since that still is infinite and has always been, always will be and is, it's sturdy to us as the separate human, which is here. If I'm not here, I couldn't be separate and talk to you. So, my relationship to that infinite intelligence, creator, God, whatever you call it, is directly connected to that clearing. And in clarity, there's more clarity. So, I can actually function and operate from that space. Once you have clarity, you trust yourself. And then, he's in a, as Tony Robbins says, there's certainty. So, when we have certainty, we have a belief system which is, can't be crushed. And therefore, yes, thought, word, and action create. So, these are becoming the dynamics of flow. But we have to first train free from the mind. We have our own conscious sovereignty of our own being and then being able to meet that edge of unknown, right? So then we're at the spark of creation. We're at the fire and the flame mm-hmm. and it's intense. But the irony is life is intense. Is life not huge and intense? And that's what was hard for you when you went there to New York. It was, all, it was overwhelming, it was a lot, mm-hmm. right? So if you feel overwhelmed, it's because life is that big and you weren't ready to be plugged in to that uh, circuitry, right? You weren't ready to have thousand percent bam, but you are now it's time. It's time for us to like really open our eyes and get grooving and being you. There's no mistake that you exist. If you're hearing this, like hear anything from anything I said, forget everything I said and just get this, that your existence itself, that you exist in itself is enough. In that all fulfillment and all treasure will be discovered. And that all of existence in this moment, like literally us right here talking in this moment now, like this if this isn't this right now in this moment, then the rest of it isn't what it is right now too. So it's all together. It can't be, you could say, yeah, but you could die the next moment or you could take but that'd be the next moment. And that moment would be perfectly that moment. But that's how yeah. much your intrinsic value in nature is. So what turns me on most right now is that it's step one is we can shift out of the mind. I mean, we train people out of the mind. It's a training, it's a technology now in eight weeks. But then how do you live that? How do you meet the emotions and live from that and be you and get the gift of being you and juice into this world of abundance and flow. And I wouldn't teach this part of it until it was Evolutionary Human Development's name, name my business, my company. And it was shown to me 15 years ago, really. First part, awakening, shifting free from it with self-inquiry and everything. And then coming into this creative flow and manifestation. Now I had to see, okay, well, God show me this vision is gonna be true before I'm gonna help show other people too, right? Like the fake guru that doesn't know how to actually live in, they're teaching others how to do it, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, but now, you know, three years in, trusting the unknown, not knowing where money comes from and it keeps coming, doors opening, you start to recognize that you don't gotta kick down the doors that are closed, they're closed because they're closed. The right doors open. We're in this together for real. And when you can trust yourself in that way, oh, I cannot wait to see how you allow yourself to show up into the world. And if you just pay attention now, it's not necessarily about the next job that you do or the new career that you'll have. Those two, those will sprout from here. But if the purpose of your life is you now, literally the purpose of your life is you now, as you start to notice that you become more purposeful, life becomes more full, more meaningful. And when you're that full, you overflow. Mm
0: -hmm. And that
1: overflowing may just be at the job you're at right now. But finally recognizing outside of the Worrying and concerns of what others think about you, what's right wrong, good, or bad, you can relate to the circumstances in others with the joy of being with them with the joy that you get to be with them that they get to be around you that you maybe get that that moment is is that sacred, and it's not just safe for some sacred place somewhere else mm-hmm. right so I got people who've done ayahuasca thirty times but yet they're still seeking and suffering too right so anything can become the next uh I think Joe rogan says right like uh addiction to drugs, people can become addicted to a hamburger, right? We can become addicted to working out. We can become addicted to our spirituality, which by the way, sorry, but most people in spiritual genre mm-hmm. are addicted to their spiritual search. They've identified as a seeker and it's better than thinking that life was suffering and hard and, and one sided and only about the physical. But then we start to take on the, the new identity of um, spiritual. And this is what it looks like. But the truth is, freedoms for all clicks, all genres, all humans, all religions, freedoms for everybody. And we can never really speak it or capture it. It's coming home to your direct experience.
0: So. Mm, thank you. Well, that's so what much. turns me on now.
1: When I get rolling, I go.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, you mentioned that self-care is really important. And uh, how does your daily routine look like? And what's your number one daily self-care habit?
1: So to me, again, self here comes first down to the root of directness, right? So my, the moment I awaken, I'm receiving that breath. The moment I awaken, there's a, uh, actually a prayer in Judaism, which I only didn't recognize until years later. What it really is saying is that it's called Madani, but it's the thank you. My son says it in English now. Thank you, God, for putting my soul back in my body. Thank you, God, for being alive, Right which is great to say those words is better than not to say them. Everybody like to say, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for something that stimulates a nice frequency. Why? Because there's no lack or need in gratitude, but to wake up and yes, say that, but also, but to receive your breath, to start to mm-hmm. recognize the gratitude of your own existence. That's always first. And that's not just first. That's really continual, but for sure throughout the day, you can consciously be starting to align that receive that frequency then so then self care is telling the truth of who are you really what is this one self who are you really what is the self that needs to be taken care of and maybe that self is already cared for so then naturally from that space of where there's an innate self love power caring then we pay attention enough to take care of ourselves too so like right now i'm working out again i haven't worked out for years years quite continuously physically. I'm doing P90X again, but I also know my ebbs and flows. I get in great shape, come back down. Now, some would say, well, that's a pattern. rewire and fix it. But I don't pick up the whip to think that I should be somewhere different than I am. Also knowing that I'm moving towards a higher level of optimization. So now there's not whipping myself to work out. There's a pulling towards getting Mm -hmm. the body into this next level of my evolution. So self-care comes to paying attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. So your core self and then your outer self. So then of course, what you eat, taking the bath, knowing to take time alone for yourself. That's a big one. I was just talking to a client today. You may not think you have time. You may think there's so much going on. You have children, work, business, bills, all this stuff going on, your dreams, your aspirations. You're going after it all. Taking time for yourself in nature, like you were saying, right? Meditation, but just the act that you would take time for yourself, all of a sudden in that we start to discover that there's way more time than we think right that there's way more time than we think and as we take space for the things that really are our hearts desire we start to discover oh there's room for all, all this other thought i had to do thought i had to do was part of the static
0: yeah. and
1: there's a director, clear way to quantum leap into the things and the fruitfulness of your life in the garden
0: yeah all the noise disappears yes absolutely that's right.
1: You get to live you. You get to live you. I mean, isn't that <laughs> isn't that good enough? Why is that not good enough? O- only based on comparison, the dissecting is one of the patterns, right? So these five main patterns you can read about them in my book. Stop, smile, breathe, be. But when these five main patterns, when we start to see them at the we a couple thousand people, we start to see that oh, once we just see these five main paradigms of how the mind keeps attention stuck there, we actually stop being identified with the mind. So you may have heard from Eckhart Tolle or great teachers that you're not your thoughts. But yet, how do we actually cut the cord? How do we actually let go of ego identity? And that's really where access points, not just the shifting, but the seeing these patterns of this operating system allows us to literally let this mind be clear for what it is. We objectify the mind, therefore we are the awareness of that. Therefore we can have to stay aware of the mind all the time. I'm watching my thoughts, I'm witnessing my thoughts and being mindful. That's good, stepping stone, but we can just let the mind go.
0: <laughs> we can just mm-hmm. not believe
1: it anymore. Use it when you need to, you know, be like walking around with that guitar behind you and have to always strum it every time you talk to everybody all the time. You can never get away from it. You have to always strum your guitar (laughs) and talk. That'd be fun for a little while. And after a while, might not be fun. Like when you're doing, don't go swimming or make love or do something like that. Probably wouldn't want your guitar on top of you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, please share with us um, about your book and about the access uh, point program and where can we find you? What is that about? And uh, how our listeners can find you and your website, maybe Instagram.
1: Well, first of all, I just want to say, thank you. You're awesome. You know, and, and, and that you too. took the time and the organization to care about your audience and to, you, you took the time to actually find out about where like like my past and you just like hey I want to interview this guy you you actually took the time and and I can see that in the deliberateness of your questions and stuff so I just want to tell you I appreciate you and that you're choosing to do this podcast on this topic means that you care you're showing up to yourself so Mm -hmm. after this I look forward to us getting to know each other more and hearing about you and what's coming on in your life so I can collaborate and support in that for you you. Um, so so yeah Stop Smile Breathe B is one of the five main access points these access points are ultimately done eyes open in your daily life Because it's not enough to go on retreat or on the yoga mat. It's not enough to go to to the uh, walk over the hot coal experience. We actually, in our daily life, need to discover that same moment in nature. That same moment of opening is actually everywhere, no matter how you're feeling or what's going on. So as we're shifting, it takes less than 10 seconds to a minute. Nobody sees that you're doing it, right? Meditation does not have to be. I have to sit down for 30 minutes. I have to put on, you know… There's some great Bono beats There's some great, those uh, programs out there. Although a lot of people keep doing headspace to try to like do the challenge and not get right. It's like, it's not quite it, you know, and and that's, and it can be helpful and supportive. But if you, before you're walking the meeting, the nerves are flying up and you're starting to bind to a loop. You, if maybe you got time for the 15 minute thing with the headphones before, you can't do it right when you're walking in, but self-awareness, self-consciousness, being able to snap to your core. That you can. So, no one knows you're doing it. We're going to be doing these everywhere, 20 times a day. Each week, you hone in on one and you just start to discover the depth of how simple it is and all the things that the mind tries to make it be the seeking of it, make it feel that way, get back to it. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? I'm not there. I'm I'm them there. We start to see the nonsense of all that. And as we see that, we see this operating system, we start to really come to ourselves, right? So, the book, Stop, Smell, Breathe, Be is one of the access points is one of the five it's the easiest one my wife teaches it to kids uh, mm. i have people doing it on stage i have athletes doing it on the court there's no one who does this three times in a row that won't experience a shift so noticing that shift re- deliberately discovering that shift and deliberately recognizing oh i can tap in i can tap in i can tap in and then all of a sudden the tap is just open but once you mm. realize the tap is open you'll move beyond being identified with the mind, you'll be more identified with that opening, with that clearing. Imagine what that would be like to just stay in that clearing. Now try to maintain and stay in it for it just to be stabilized. And then from there, now we can express and go. So how people can get hold of me, the best way to... I, I got to tell you, I'm, I've, I've luckily I'm getting so busy because we have some investors and people coming in. We have a couple of other programs coming out because I really wanted to help 5 million people truly awaken in the next four or five years. That's to me is how this transformation is going to occur. It's already occurring. We have a technology that helps feel quantum leap in it, no matter how deep they're in it. So I'm all in on that. So there are some openings. I'm going to be able to do this still for the last few years, especially during Corona. I just opened my calendar. Right. I was just like, you know what? I'm available to anybody who wants to book with me. Other people, you shouldn't do that. It doesn't give value to what you have to offer. You're too available for people. Well, but now I'm I am getting so busy where I'm about to even stop taking on private clients because I already have too many and I'm, my life can't just be hour to hour with individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. So access point starts every week. You can come in. But right now, back like in the old days, we meet each other and see if we want to work together. Mm -hmm. Right. So here I'm sharing because you're interviewing me, but it would be taking a look at Olga's journey. Like we started to do a little bit there and seeing your consciousness evolution. Where were these realizations of these openings? Where did you slide back in and get stuck? Where are you now that seems to be in the way? Because it only seems to be in the way. Nothing's really in the way. Right. They're veils. And once the veils are clear, then we see through. Right. Mm -hmm. So we come to our clarity. So I offer people clarity sessions right now at BrianMark.com forward slash private. Um, That will still be with me now at some point there may be with other coaches as we're, as we're kind of growing this outward, but that is with me now. And eventually we'll have a button. You can just click to purchase it. But I like to meet with people and see, make sure that we're in alignment. I'll refer you to somebody else. If I don't think the work with me is right. And now there's a couple options. I have a program called frequency, which is much more somebody who's already had this awakening experience and wants to really get into this creative principle and start to vibe in their frequency and their creation flow. Um, That's a beta that I'm only doing with private people. I'm about to open up. So we'll see where people are at. We can see where they're on their journey, if there's clarity, and then there's connection and alignment. I'll, I'll, by all means, invite you in. Eventually anyone can jump in, but I want to, I want to be clear that we're clear together. Does that make sense?
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So much inspiration, so much wisdom. And I really feel your vibrations, how you are. ready to share that with the world. And I can see that people change around you a lot. And thank you so much for doing that.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And then so Brianmark.com is my website, Brianmark.com forward slash private for now, we can actually meet have a clarity, still have a clarity session, I actually give my time and space for some of the uh, processes that are in my book, the past now moment exercise. And I'm on Instagram often. So if you DM me on Instagram, if you don't follow me, it's at Brian Mark Zimberg. B-R-I-N-M-A-R-C-Z-I-N-B-E-R-G at Brian Mark Zimberg. So you can always DM me there and on Facebook or email me at brian at brianmark.com. Okay, so that kind of covers those
0: bases. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Olga. I appreciate Thank it.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.